Hello everyone, my name is Sofia Muniz and I'm from 12th grade. Um, hi, my name is Sofia Borges and I'm from 11th grade. Hi, I'm Adriana and I'm from 10th grade and the three of us are representing the student council. Hi, my name is Julia. Hi everyone, my name is Sarah and the two of us are going to be representing NHS and this is a partnership between Stuco and NHS. And welcome to the Wolves Podcast. <laughs> But before you continue up on this podcast, we would like to warn you if you have any trigger related to uh, mental health or mental diseases, please do not continue this podcast because if you think that this will cause you any harm, don't continue. So yeah, without further ado, let's continue to this podcast. And today we have a very special guest, the school psychologist, Ms. Lam. Hi, <laughs> my name is Lara Brandão. I am Santana's uh, school psychologist and school counselor. Um, I'm also um, a clinical psychologist and I specialize on social emotional learning. So we collected some questions about mental health, which is a very important topic uh, today, and especially with the pandemic and all the things we've been through. And we're going to be asking Ms. Lada these questions and they're going to be available in the podcast and also in a written piece in the March newsletter. So I think that we could start with a very simple question. First of all, but many people don't know, is what is mental health? Okay, that's a, a tough question, but it's a very good question. Um, essentially, it I would say it's um, psyche well-being and psyche means um, emotional and cognitive, so it's how well your brain functions with problem solving and things are, are a little more concrete, and how it functions with things that are a little more abstract and emotions and feelings, how it processes these things. So I would say it's, it can say, you can say emotional uh, well-being or behavioral well-being, how you act, um, cognitive well-being, but essentially what we, not essentially, most importantly, what I think people get mixed up is that um, mental health is not the absence of mental illness. Because it's weird, but whenever we say mental health, people immediately think about mental illness. Like, oh, I work with mental health. Oh, so you work with crazy people who are mentally ill and you're trying to get them better or get them to be normal. No, that's not it at all. We psychologists work with all kinds of people. Uh, some people, yes, have mental illness, but the purpose of it, it being called mental health is that we also want to take care of people who are not necessarily ill, but can improve their quality of life psychologically. Yeah, I think that's really nice. I think uh, many of us have different perspectives about what mental health is. Um, and now that connects to uh, our next question, which is how can we maintain our mental health in this online and pandemic situation that we're facing right now? Also a very good question <laughs> we all want to know about. Um, I think it was a big discovery for a lot of people. I mean, of course, uh, 
uh, as mental health professionals, we had an idea of what would be important, but none of us knew what we were facing. No, no one was ready. So what I can say is that um, keeping a routine is important. Having a sense of uh, normalcy is as much as you can have. I think how we how can we maintain uh, mental health or well-being during this time needs to be a conversation about what is wrong with what's happening to us like what is the what kind of problems are we facing and i think um the lack of um how do i say this we have certain indicators during our day like that <laughs> <laughs> precisely like that um, that tell you that time is passing and that things are happening and usually during the day you're at school and then usually during at night you're at home usually at school you're there to learn and, and be focused and when you're at home you're supposed to rest and relax and then these worlds get mixed up and I still think we're not there yet but especially in the beginning like last year We weren't ready to create these very uh, clear boundaries between what is our home and what is our workspace or study space. So I, I think one important thing is keep having a routine because I've heard from a lot of people here at school and some patients as well. Uh, it feels like time is standing still And at the same time, everything is go going so fast. Like it's already the end of the year, but then it's it's still this year. Like things don't move. <laughs> and, and I think that happens because we lose these indicators. Uh, so having routine, like every day I have breakfast at this time, I do this, I study, and then I have lunch. And it, it can sound a little tedious, but it's important to tell our brains that this isn't a weird thing that's happening it's our normal lives at the moment at least uh, have give it a sense of normalcy but now to answer the question how do we do that um, some ideas are um, just having having a routine is important but doing fun things like keeping things that interest you in this routine so not just having a time for study and a time to go to bed and a time to wake up or, or eat um, having planned interesting activities and especially physical activities are very important um, I'd say uh, yoga is probably the thing I would uh, advise everyone to try because it's both uh, physiological and psychological uh, kinds of, of activities that will very much help improve your mental health because meditation is great and we meditate doing other things that we don't really we don't really call meditation but whenever you're doing something that's um, like arts and crafts something that you use your fingers and you're paying attention and you feel like your mind just flows and you're there and you're not thinking about anything else that's actually meditation so we don't have to sit like this to meditate we can do it 
while cooking, for instance. So having things that will will help you turn off like this attention that we have with the world around us, just focus on the present, the here and the now, that's meditation already. So that helps a lot. So having activities that uh, interest you, that uh, make you feel good about yourself, and that in, involve you and engage you so that you can be present in the moment. I think that's one of the, the best things you can do. I think that's a very good idea. I think I'll start trying doing yoga because it sounds very interesting. And I think I need this time for myself, just like a lot of people that I know too. Uh, like during, maybe during the beginning of the pandemic, what you said about time, uh, that I could not like separate the time where I had to wake up and like go to school. It's not going to school, like a school was like, the same place where I was, would sleep, you know? So I wasn't able to really like separate those times. So I felt like the entire day I was doing the same thing, but I was able to like adapt that uh, routine throughout the, <laughs> the third semester that we're now in this situation. Mm-hmm. Some people actually, um, I saw this really with the, 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 the younger kids. Um, one thing that helped was putting on the uniform, even at, at home. So while they were officially in uniform, they were at school and then you would take it off and go play. Like, it would be a good division for them. Yeah, and also I, I found it very interesting when you said about like meditation, because I, I don't know, I never did meditation, like the, the common meditation that just like standing <laughs> there. But when you said about like just turning off from everything, like, and I noticed that I did that a lot last year and I'm still continuing with that. Because there's just too much going on sometimes when we need to turn it off. And I think that that's really good, but I never actually stopped to think that that was meditation. So that's very interesting. Yeah. So we're going to go to our next question, which I'm actually very curious to know about, is how did the pandemic affect the number of people with mental diseases and how is that going to have a long-term effect in our society? I can tell you that one conversation that was happening at the beginning of the pandemic, but I tried and I couldn't find um, actual data to show you guys. So uh, just to be clear, this this is the impression that uh, mental health professionals have because data is really gonna show up and we're really gonna understand the data after this is done. But there is a very scary um, prediction that, I don't know if it's it's still this way, but that more people would die of suicide than they would of COVID during the pandemic because of the situation that we're put in of social isolation and uh, just the fear, the constant fear of dying and having a loved one die or uh, being infected. And, it, it would it's it it is just so much and it's so sudden that we wouldn't be able to to handle it. it it was one of the predictions i don't think this prediction stands today not because it was less problematic than we thought but because more people are dying of covid than we thought there would be so these are just very scary and sad uh data unfortunately well, not data but um assumptions um the long-term effects we can't really predict because this is absolutely the first time this has happened to any of us my grandpa is 88 years old 
and he or 89 is he 89 i think he's 89 years old and he he tells me this is the first time in my life i've ever been this isolated and with this situation happening so none of us are ready none of us know what to do with this so what we can predict is what we can see right now we can see that people are having a really hard time being away from others we can see that people get fed up with uh, doing online meetings. So when we're at school and we're, we're at work, it needs to happen. And sometimes it's easier, a lot easier actually, because I don't have to go somewhere to be in the meeting. And this is awesome because everyone was sort of forced into learning to work online and all of these um, systems and things that we didn't know before. But at the same time, when we want to see our friends we want to we want physical contact we want to hug people and having meetings i don't know if you tried this but just having meetings for fun like hey let's have a a night and and talk uh everyone's like a screen again <laughs> no please <laughs> so we can see that for instance at the beginning of uh of the pandemic everyone's like oh so these big uh Congress meetings and things that okay, so this year psychology uh, uh, school psychology Congress is gonna be in Rio de Janeiro, and then everyone from all around the country goes there, pays a, 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 a very expensive plane ticket to go there. Now we can just do everything online. It's wonderful, and then. At the end of last year, everyone was like, no, it's not wonderful. We want to be together. So I think we can see that even though online connections are very much a part of our world, our world, um, it, it's not sustainable. It alone, having it alone is not sustainable. So this is something we learned and uh, we can we can plan for the future in that way. So something I learned, for instance, is that I can see patients online. And it's been great in some ways because I can actually offer a, a, a more affordable price because I don't have to pay for physical space. Uh, so it makes, it makes it more affordable for people to access mental health, which is amazing. At the same time, it's... Uh, it's problematic for my work because I don't just look at the person's face. Uh, I look at their whole bodies. I look at uh, um, uh, body language. It, it's a whole different connection. So I think one of the, the, the good part of it is that we're seeing everything that works and everything that doesn't for us. We're experimenting a lot and that can help us with progress. Um, but it also keeps us from a lot of what we normally do like it's normal for us to be together especially in our country um which is so warm we, we have such warm relations and the lack of it can be a problem in the future it, it this could be seen as a traumatic event this could be processed in the future when you're uh, sitting with your psychologist and you talk about this time, this period in your life it can be uh, it, it might become a traumatic event in your life and something that we're all going to have to really go through and and process as trauma so 
it can be a, many different things, but I think it really depends on how everyone is uh, experiencing this. Collectively, it's both a traumatic experience and a learning experience, I would say. I could really feel a personal example that happened to me because this semester I joined the MUN club. And everyone knows MUN for their conferences where you see a lot of people, you meet new people. And then we had an online conference, right? And Sarah and Sophia here, they're part of the club and they have been, I think, to physical conferences where you see people, you meet them. And then I was online sitting in a chair for the entire day just talking about what we were supposed to talk. We didn't have like other conversations, which there probably will be in like the physical scenario. And I just like, wish I could have that chance, you know, like right now. But then we just need to wait for this to pass and hope for the best. No, what I think is important is, especially for you guys who are experiencing, um, how do I say this, very uh, ceremonial parts of life. So like I'm spending this, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the event you just said. MUN conference. Yeah, yeah. So I I was dreaming about this and when, when this happened, it then happened the way I wanted. And then maybe uh, for the, those of you who are graduating, my graduation didn't happen the way I wanted. And this is so frustrating. I'm never going to get another graduation in my life. And what I want to say, even though I know it's not that simple, is that uh, things don't always go the way we plan, even without the, the pandemic and I think especially because this is a collective experience new things are gonna come up new kinds of celebrations new kinds of meetings are gonna happen to compensate for this so if I have a bad experience in my graduation as I did for instance um, because I was injured my knee was uh, I couldn't really walk it was terrible to me, it was a very sad experience, but it was just, it was sad just for me. Uh, and I had other amazing experiences after, and this is really not something that I like, it's that meaningful to me anymore. It, it just happened and it was fine because I had other experiences. But the fact that everyone is gonna have an injured knee and everyone is not gonna be able to, to participate, we can do something again together in the future. So I think, if anything, I think this is a consolation that we're all going through this together. I don't want to sound too oh, like, uh, <laughs> but we are. <laughs> okay, so as we all know by now, mental health is very important and taking care of our mental health also. So the next question is, where can we look for help? Okay, uh, a couple places. I would say uh, the most trustworthy place you can go is uh, CVV which is Centro de Valorização da Vida. You can type 188 in your computer or in your phone and you will be connected to a mental health supporter, not necessarily a professional because not everyone that answers the phone is a psychologist, but they've all been trained to guide you to see, okay, what's going on? What are you feeling? What do you need? Either to tell you, okay, it sounds like you just need a psychologist so let's try and get you one or you need to really talk to someone right now let's talk to you let's see what's happening um this is just a a, a way that you can do 
If you're absolutely alone and if you have no one else to talk to about this, you can call this number 188 or you can get on the website uh, CVV or uh, 188A. If you type that online, it will, it will show up. Show up. Uh, if you have anyone that you can talk to, you can ask for help. I think this is a big, big step for some people. Um, asking for help or even admitting that you might need help. I can tell you it's absolutely no embarrassment. In fact, it's a big, it takes a big deal of courage to ask for help and to admit that you're not feeling so well. Um, and one way that you can ask for help is uh, looking for a mental health professional, going to a psychologist uh, or a psychiatrist if that's necessary. Um, but talking to people is very important, especially in our co in our culture. It's very, very important, even if you have to type instead of talk uh, or make a drawing or something. If you can communicate in any way what you're feeling, uh, say that to someone else. I think it's important to pass it along to express because if we just keep it in our minds you can have like three different voices in your mind saying no but this is it but if it doesn't leave your brain it it can go it can't really go anywhere until you actually put it out in the world so i think that's important but i think the cvv and looking for a psychologist a mental health professional is definitely what's most important yeah, and I think that uh, another thing is that sometimes we don't realize that a lot of people are also going through the same thing. And sometimes we get scared to reach out for help because we, we think that people aren't going to understand. But in reality, a lot of people have gone through difficult times and they will actually like, really want to help. Um, and I'm so sorry, but I really need to go. I have an astronomy club meeting right now, but mm -hmm. I've had a time and I've learned a lot in this past minute. So thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so sorry we started late because of this situation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Do you guys still have time? So, this discussion is very nice and I actually wanted to ask you, when is it okay not to be okay? Like, when should I look for help? Okay, good question again. Um, I think if you... Do you know what the basic emotions are? Have you seen the movie uh, Upside Down? or inside out. What's the name? Divertidamente. <laughs> the little emotions like um, uh, joy, anger, and fear, and disgust. Nojinho, uh, which I love. And sadness, of course. Um, those are the basic emotions that we have. That, that That's actual psychology. That, that movie is amazing. It's literal psychology. Each of those emotions have a, a natural reaction. If you're feeling sad, you're going to cry. You're going to want to be alone. If you're feeling joyous, you're going to express that. You're going to be happy. You're going to smile. If you're angry, you're going to be maybe more aggressive or have more aggressive thoughts. All of that is natural. We're not supposed to be happy all the time. We're not. And that, that's a great message from that movie. If we try to be happy all the time, we're going to end up repressing all of the other emotions. They don't stop existing. They're just repressed. So we need to feel emotions. That's why this question is important because sometimes we feel, okay, I'm, I've, I've been crying a lot, but I'm sad. It, it's not, isn't it natural to cry when you're sad? So 
when it become when does it become a problem and the answer is when it starts um messing with other parts of your life so if, if you have a bad day and you can come home and be in your safe space and cry and talk and let it all out and then you're fine and that's perfect then having a big cry in your bathroom it's fine if it makes you feel better and if it makes your life better the next day because you're feeling more relaxed and like you let it all out if it doesn't stop feeling sad if you keep crying and it doesn't feel better there's no relief in crying or expressing your anger then you need to start wondering okay is this still natural is this still normal or do i need help and sometimes you're not going to be able to answer the question alone so if you want to go to a mental health professional they will tell you what you're going through is normal is natural and if you want some help still then we will get it but maybe you're just sad and maybe you don't need therapy or maybe you don't need medication just because you're going through a, a, a sad moment in your life so i think the parameters are do i feel better after expressing what i'm feeling then it's okay and uh doesn't match what i'm feeling like the proportion of your uh reaction does it match the problem if it's too much or if it's too little like maybe i'm feeling really sad but i can't shed a tear or i can tell you how upset i am but it's in me then you maybe need some help to get things these things organized that's great advice i think sometimes we have to look more into ourselves and realize what's actually going on um so the next question is what type of hobbies do you recommend to help students when they're not feeling good or maybe when we are in finals week midterms week what can we do to kind of just get our minds out of all the confusion so uh, a couple of ideas too again yoga and meditation is great all of those things we talked about uh that keep you happy and keep you focused on what you're doing and not thinking about your exams and all, all that stuff all of that's going to help if it's physical activity it's even better because then you are putting hormones into motion and your body is going to help your brain as well but one other thing that i think a lot of people don't think about is bowel health like your intestines and i know this is weird but bowels are responsible for producing 95% of your serotonin which is the hormone of the happy hormone let's call it that even though it's a little different um so feeling feeling good and having a, a good balanced mood depends a lot on your serotonin levels and if your bowels aren't doing so great if you're constipated if you haven't been going to the bathroom very often it's not going to be regulated and the production of serotonin is not going to be regulated and you're not going to have a good mood so that always affects us okay imagine if you have a big test sometimes you need to go to the bathroom before because you're nervous about that we have a really big connection between those things so i would say drink a lot of water and get a lot of fiber in your system don't just think about actions and the outside of your body like working out uh think about what you're putting inside your body water and and fibers are important to regulate everything and you're absolutely going to feel better and be be more prepared to focus if you're not feeling uncomfortable bowel health is mental health <laughs> 
know it's a weird topic, but I promise, like, imagine 95% of your happy hormones are coming from your bowels. Like, if you don't take care of that, you can't be super happy. <laughs> I just discovered the weirdest thing, but it's so nice. This is, like, very nice. <laughs> So I actually wanted to ask all of you guys, uh, did you start having any hobbies that helped you cope with all the stress going on in this pandemic? Me? Um, I started playing guitar, which I didn't before at all, which was very fun. Very, very fun. It was a, like a lifelong dream of mine. I played a little piano, but now I play guitar and ukulele, like ukulele, like the little one. It was so much fun and I've also learned how much I can learn when there's no pressure and there's no one telling me like you need to learn this until this deadline or something and I just I learned so much just by playing by myself and having fun and doing it whenever I wanted to that was amazing and I've always knew yoga was important I I did it a little bit before but since the quarantine it's like every week it became a huge part of my life because it, it really, really helped out with anxiety. I have a lot of issues with anxiety. So having that moment for myself, uh, like literally turning down the lights and having um, like smells in the air, like the, like the sprays. And it, it just creates a moment for you that is very important for my week. I have started meditating actually because I have the feel of being anxious a lot like during this pandemic and I started meditating and doing like breathing exercises which really helped me like put my mind into now and what's going on in the moment and I'm also a person that loves sports so I started practicing fuchivole I think it's football mm -hmm. yeah I say that but I started practicing and I'm loving it it really helps me like have fun you know that's so nice so during this pandemic, I started going for a walk every day, like right after school, after the online school, you know, because I was just like, I was in need of doing something uh, athletic related because I'm not the person that is like by myself going to do something to be healthy. So I just like, I started it because my parents really wanted me to just get out of my room. So, and then I started to like it because I just put in my thoughts in order and then I went listening to music and now it's like a habit. I just don't even think anymore. It's like a part of the routine. So I think that that was really good and I'm gonna keep that after the pandemic. That's great. One thing that I have been doing is, it's kind of related to Sophia, but I go for a walk with my dog. It sometimes can be kind of stressing because dogs are very curious. <laughs> But it just keeps me company and we, I, I get it how my dogs also feel anxious. So every day when it's around four o'clock, they already are anxious because they know it's like walking time. So they like they feel really anxious for the walking time. <laughs> <laughs> That's something I do and I'm sorry, but I have to go. I have an appointment now. Um, it was wonderful chatting with you, Ms. Lara. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank and you. thank you all of you girls. Thank you, Sophia, for scheduling this. And overall, I love the, the conversation and I really learned a lot of things, <laughs> especially about the, the, 
back, honestly, sitting down every day is terrible and also makes it harder to fall asleep. So being active, I think helps. These are very good suggestions. Uh, now I have a different type of question is how can I, what can I do actually to help a friend that hasn't been well for a while? It's tough because uh, we can't always help people because sometimes people don't want to be helped or better saying if that, that makes it sound like people want to be feeling bad. That's not the case. Sometimes people aren't ready to accept your help. So this is a difficult situation because you want to do good and you want to help others, but sometimes they're not at the right time to do it, at the right moment to do it. So one thing, first of all, is don't take it personal. If you try to help someone and they don't respond the way you you expect them to, but the best thing you can do is to just welcome their feelings and validate their feelings. Whatever they are feeling, don't try to make it rational. Don't try to say, oh, I went through the same thing. It's fine. You just do this and this and it's fine. Um, sometimes you have no idea what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. Sometimes you do, but then it can be a completely different situation when the person is going through it and when you went through it. So I think the best thing is leave the judgment at the door. Don't judge the, don't judge your friend from, for how he is reacting to what's happening in his life um, and just welcome him and uh, let him know that it's safe to share those feelings and it's safe to ask for help and validate those feelings. Say, even though maybe I have no idea what you're going through, but I'm here and I want to help and I want to listen. I want, I see you. I see you and I hear you and I want to help. Tell me what I can do to help. And even if they say, leave, there's nothing you can do to help. And you say, okay, I'm going to leave. But if you need something else, I'm here. Uh, that is if it's a more or less normal situation. The person's not feeling so great. Um, you can have this, okay, I'm going to leave you to it. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm here when you need me. However, if there is a specific, a clear um, expression of uh, uh, a dangerous situation, if they are talking about putting themselves in danger or hurting themselves in any other way or having suicidal thoughts, for instance, then you can't just uh, leave them to it. Then you have to tell someone. And I say this uh, because even I, as a uh, mental health professional, I have a, a, an agreement of secrecy. I can't tell you what my uh, patient told me. Anything and everything that's said to me while being a psychologist can't be repeated to anyone else unless they are putting themselves or someone else in harm's way then i am actually obliged to break secrecy and tell some someone else because then there is an actual life in danger so sometimes it, it may feel like we are breaking our friends trust by telling their issue to someone else but if you feel like and if you if they tell you that uh, if they not to the the fact that they're going to try something try to try try to harm themselves then you need to look for someone um, an adult or someone else someone in their family tell someone that they need help because then that person needs to be taken to a mental health professional immediately okay because if you're in a crisis you're not thinking straight so maybe you don't even want to do something 
bad to yourself. But in the middle of the crisis, you can't think straight. So you need to have someone with you. You need to find help. So this is the difference. Like, m like the 98% of the times you're going to have situations where it's just normal. Someone is just going through a tough time and you, you are trying to be there for them and help out and not judge and just welcome their feelings and validate their feelings. If something like that happens, then don't keep it to yourself because it's a very heavy load to carry. Uh, go, go to someone and ask for help and say, what do I do in this situation? At school, I'm, the, I'm that person. You can come directly to me or you can go to your principal. Those are the two people you can, uh, or teachers, honestly, because the teacher is going to come to us anyway. Um, but if something like that more serious happens, then you need to come and tell us. Otherwise, just welcome them. Yeah, I think that that's very like informative because I don't know, it's just something that we need to talk about more because I think that not everyone knows what to do. Like for me, I wouldn't know what to do if I knew that someone was going through a crisis. Like, it's just hard, you know? Like, for example, if a very close friend of mine was passing through that and they just said for me to leave them alone, I I was gonna be in like a very difficult situation because mm -hmm. I would say, I would probably be breaking that friendship if I told someone, but that's the right thing to do. So it's very, very hard and it's very, like nice that people get to know that i actually went through a, a situation like that because i put a lot of people against me for asking uh people to help me in the situation so you guys just have to be prepared you know making sure you're doing the right thing and look for help because you cannot go through it alone if you need you have to help someone so Absolutely. So now we are unfortunately approaching to the end of this interval and as a result to the end of the podcast. Yeah, uh, this is a very important subject nowadays and we should even talk about it more. I believe that our generation really has the strength to break this taboo of open, openly talking about mental diseases and mental health. And it's a topic that I'm like really listening about people our age talking. And it makes me really happy that it's something people are becoming more aware of. Even though it's not the adequate amount that we're talking, it's still an improvement that we're making and I think that's very important. No, absolutely. And I, we were talking about the, the, the things that we learned from, from the pandemic and what we can look forward to, what we can expect. The talk about mental health is a huge bonus of the situation because everyone is talking about it everyone is feeling how different it is to go through this everyone is sharing like uh, similar situations similar feelings so the talk about mental health and uh, uh value valuing uh uh getting help is something something positive that's happening in all of this so again, thank you guys for staying here with us until the end of this podcast. And we hope that this had an impact into your life somehow. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me. And I'm here if you need anything. I hope this was helpful in some way for you guys. Thank you so much, Miss Lada. It was very good to have you here. Bye. It was great. I love the interview. Thank you so much for being here with us. You're very welcome. <laughs> Bye.